the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Happy Wednesday, friends. Welcome back to The Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. Happy to have you with us today. If you missed any of the shows this week, Steve Coble with me on Monday, uh, Dr. Kelly Flanagan yesterday. Let me encourage you to go get the podcast wherever it is. You get your podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. You can also find us online at 1160hope.com. Aubrey, we really do want people to go get the podcast, like, uh, not just for our own egos so that there's more and more people, but we think that this show is doing something like we yeah. want people to be a part of it. I agree. And I'd like to acknowledge our, our new producer, Laura Finch, because she's brought such a great new energy to the show. But something that you and I have always appreciated about the common good and tried to do here is. Be a show that allows for nuance, allows for gray, allows to kind of wrestle with things that are sometimes just accepted that maybe yeah. we go, well, what if we look at it a different way? What if we consider things a different way? And then we also like to have fun. Like we do our top five lists and we also like to make you laugh and make each other laugh. But I think, I think the common good creates such a unique space in Christian radio because we aren't necessarily going to tell you what to think. We're going to tell yeah. you what we think, but sometimes we don't even know what we think and we're wrestling through things and That's we right. want you to be partners with us as we wrestle through some hard, hard things. There you go. So stay with the show, yeah. get the podcast, stay we're, we're trying to form a little community here. Uh, have I ever told you when Ian and I first started the show that I wanted to name our, uh, uh, our common good listeners goodies. <laughs> um, I love this idea. The common goodies. I you feel like who, we need to do that. You know who didn't love that idea was Ian Simpkins. I was going to say, Ian, Ian wasn't a fan of that. I, but I you know who's it. not here anymore? You know who's Ian not here? It's, 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 a new, it's a new boss. It's a new day and age, Ian. We got the common goodies, our listeners. We'll have to see what Laura thinks about that. Uh, we're going to play that game. But anyway, speaking of arguing, right? We want to, at this show, like you said, leave room for disagreement. Uh, and sometimes that's you and I disagreeing. That's you and I not seeing. And so I think this might be one of these spots where we might not be 180 degrees different, but we might be, we might have some different views on that. And that is the media tour currently. That is Prince Harry. Uh, <laughs> Prince Harry just wrote a book, his memoir uh, called Spare. And, uh, you know, he did an interview with Anderson Cooper the other day on 60 Minutes. He sat down with Michael Strahan on Good Morning America. Uh, they, we've got the new Netflix special with Harry and Meghan. I have to All say, of this too, when, you know, I always get a little jealous when my books come out. I don't ever get booked with Michael Strahan or Good Morning America or Netflix. So I'm, right. a little, I'm a little jealous. Your day will come. <laughs> my Prince Harry moment will come. Your day will come. Uh, but he's all over the place. And like I said, his new book is called Spare. And something that you need to, if you ever write your memoir, uh, you need to give people a reason to read it, right? Like there needs to be stuff in it. 
And Prince Harry's book is full of stuff. Uh, and a lot of the target, Aubrey, is his brother, uh, mm. Prince William. And uh, and yeah. by extension, his sister-in-law, Princess yeah. Kate. Oh. And uh, his stepmom. Uh, Camilla, like they, there's, he says a lot of good stuff about these people, but what you read in here is he says a lot of difficult things. Yeah. And here's what I would like to say about this, and I would love your opinion. Okay. They, he clearly, I'm not at all suggesting he's not telling the truth. I'm not at all suggesting that it wasn't really hard. I know I've made jokes about Meghan Markle, but I'm not at all suggesting that it wasn't really difficult and there weren't big missteps. And she wasn't, she may have been really treated badly when she came into the, I'm also not suggesting the Royal family isn't weird. Completely strange. Yeah. Uh, I think what I'm feeling the more and more and more that I hear from him is uh, summed up in an opinion piece at the New York Times the other day that was ironically written by uh, the daughter of of President Reagan. So she kind of knows of what she speaks. Oh, interesting. Let me just read the title to you, and I really think this is what I'm feeling. Uh, Prince Harry and the Value of Silence. Mm. So I sent you a tweet the other day, because that's (laughs) what we do, a screenshot of a tweet that said, man, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are really talking a lot for having come to America asking to be given their privacy. And it feels to me as if now it is, we're going to make money off of the backs of our family dysfunction. Mm. And that's where I'm so bothered by this. And I, I really am getting, it's gone from a joke for me to being like, I really cringe every time I see him on the TV. Yeah. Or every time Anderson Cooper is up. Because then Anderson Cooper went on one of the morning shows and talked about all the salacious stuff that he learned. And you're like, okay. Yeah. And, and I yeah. think what makes me sad is I do think this could be the nail in the coffin. He's been disinvited to his dad's coronation. No. Are you yeah. serious? Or maybe oh. not disinvited, but he will not play a role in it. Okay, like there's gotcha. real consequences to airing your dirty yeah. laundry publicly. Yeah. And while most of us won't ever have that option, like I'm never going to go on Anderson Cooper and talk about my family. Like that's not going to be an option. I could go on Facebook and you air could. my dirty laundry. Yeah, you could. And I don't think any of us would ever suggest that to friends and family, to parishioners or whatever. You know what you should do? You should go on Facebook and light your parents up. You should go on Facebook yeah. and tell and yeah. tell everybody everything you don't like about your siblings. But I don't know why this is. I, so it makes me more sad. So what are your thoughts as you see Prince Harry uh, all over our televisions and uh, doing everything right now? Yeah, I mean, I can kind of see what you're saying, like, especially the point you've made and the point you, when you said that tweet to me uh, about okay, if you're wanting to avoid the public eye, if you're mad at the paparazzi for going after your family, why are you continuing to put yourself in the public eye? I think that's really valid. I think just to play devil's advocate with you though. And I, okay, I haven't read spare. I haven't haven't read any documentary. So I'm speaking of things. I do not know. Although I feel like I've read the book because Because of all the interviews. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I still there's this piece of me that still saw Meghan Markle treated so terribly sexism, racism, anti, you know, she wasn't British, whatever that there's this part of me that's like, 
Good for you for standing up for your wife. Good for you for starting over. Good for you for speaking out against like the abuse in your family. And I do think, I mean, I, I'm always like a little bit torn about this because I, I don't think silence in situations where someone's being treated so terribly, especially at such a high powered level is really the solution. Like somehow you have to talk about these things that are happening behind the scenes. So people know, Hey, this family is corrupt. That said, so I'm going to say that I'm also going to say, I don't go online and air my family drama and we all have family drama. We could do that with. So at the end of the day, if you take it away from Royal family and you make it just about this family and like a brotherly conflict, you're right. I mean, it's not, it's not um, maybe in great taste, yeah. except it d- also doesn't surprise me that the royal family of all families is going to do whatever it takes to protect their image. And I believe that means flexing their muscles a bit. And so at the same time, I'm kind of glad Harry's standing up to power. Yeah, A, he's part of the power. He always has been here. But yeah. but I would also say, so uh, it seems like she was treated badly. We haven't heard the other side of the story. I guess I would have more respect for it if they were like, listen, we were treated badly. Uh, and I know he's donating a lot of the money to charity, but it does feel like a money-making venture at the moment. Uh, we're not in the royal family anymore. We need to keep our name in the spotlight. Yeah. We moved to America. Now I've got this book, this Netflix thing whatever else. And you're just like, Oh, it's so painful. I think at the heart of this, uh, I think we're all like, this is like a big reality show to most of us. Mm. Let's just be honest. Yeah. And I I want them to be friends. I want the brothers to hang out. You want the brothers to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. And and I want, I want, and that could be just the dumbest thing. Like how that family goes really affects zero part of my life. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just like, you know what? I Like I said, if somebody came to my office and was and said, uh, my family has done this to me, I have this problem, I wouldn't be like, hey, go tell the world about it. I'd say, deal with your family. Yeah, like the royal, right. family could go to, the royal family could go to counseling. I understand they could, that. They, they could. could do that. But Do you think the royal family ever goes to counseling? I feel like they're no. like, we do not see therapists in the royal family. And I, am, I have no doubt, especially as you read some stuff, that Harry's probably one of the most normal people in that family. I think he probably is, <laughs> is one you. of the healthiest because I think he's been in therapy. He's doing the work. Uh, it's also but, just, you know, I know we're running out of time here, but I also think it's worth acknowledging, like, here is a young boy who lost his mom and probably mm-hmm. is super plagued by trauma. So I di- you're right. I hope they can they can get through their stuff and make it work. But this might you might be right. This is a nail in the coffin here. That is the heartbreaking part of the of excerpts I've seen from the book. So much of this and so much of his life uh rightfully so has been um determined as the wrong word, shadowed whatever by what happened to his mom. And yeah. it's it, that's the heartbreaking part of the story as you listen to him, uh, as you listen to all that. But, um, yeah, just makes me sad. And and I do think things have turned a little bit. I told you before I was listening to a football podcast the other day and the guy spent five minutes, this football podcaster, just making jokes about how tired he was of Prince Harry. Like, I do think <laughs> there comes a point people, where this all turns. Yeah. <laughs> there does come a point where this all turns. We are thrilled today because we are joined by Dr. Jenny Linda Clerk. She's the author of a brand new book that's coming out next month. You're going to want to pre-order it today. It's called Five Puritan Women, Stories of Faith, 
and love. Dr. DeClerc, Jenny, thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. So first of all, this is a fascinating topic and I would love to hear what made you even decide to write about Puritan women and then maybe these five in particular. Yeah, that's a great question. Well, um, I first came across the Puritan women sort of accidentally. I was working at Regent College with their rare books in the library, uh, donations from uh, amazing theologians like J.I. Packer, who you've probably heard of. And my supervisor <laughs> asked me to do sort of a display on Puritan women. And I was immediately so embarrassed and shocked and realized that even though I had done, you know, my entire master's program was focused on the Puritans. And now I was already in my PhD working on the Puritans and I had never <laughs> asked myself about the Puritan women. So I was so Wow. That says something. Yeah, it? it really does. <laughs> I was so embarrassed and I immediately went to the stacks and, um, um, you know, it's, I'm not totally surprised that I ended up loving them because I was already very into the Puritans, but they were even more amazing than I thought they were going to be totally impacted me. And so I started adding them to my lectures on the Puritans that I was giving in like mm. churches and schools and things like that. Wow. And just got such a good response. And afterwards people would always come up to me and say, what can I read? What can I read? And often they weren't looking for sort of academic resources where they could get into all the technicalities of about 17th century politics and <laughs> weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> just looking to learn more about their stories and read a little bit more about them, especially for like mm. devotional purposes. And I realized that yeah. I couldn't refer them to anything ever. And that's when it hit me. And I thought, maybe I'm the right person to write this book. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I love yeah, that. That's how it came about. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I that's a great story. Choosing those five, five women, um, mostly, well, first of all, it's not a huge pool because not only do they have to be women, but they have to have written something. I wanted to focus ah, on their wow. own words about their own life and thoughts and beliefs and things like that. So it wasn't a huge pool mm-hmm. to begin with. But then when I narrowed it down, I kind of wanted to choose women who are specifically writing about spirituality because that was sort of the most immediately applicable thing to Christians yeah. today. Um, and yeah, it also ended up being a good smattering of like women from different denominations and also using different genres of writing. So sort of a diversity of, even though they're all Puritan women, each of them have yeah. their own unique stories and ways of writing. Oh, that's great. Jenny, tell us about one of the women choose, not, <laughs> yeah. not your favorite. You don't need to choose your favorite, right? But uh, tell us, tell us about one of the women. Oh man. Can I choose my favorite? <laughs> <Because> <laughs> yes, you can choose your favorite. Choose your favorite. Choose your favorite. No offense to other women. Honestly, when I was researching all of them, I was like, maybe this one's now my favorite. Maybe this one's now my favorite. <laughs> uh, probably my ultimate favorite is Lucy Hutchinson, um, who was a theologian and a historian and a poet. Um, and basically mm-hmm. when she sort of writes this little part about her life, um, where she says, you know, growing up, she wasn't interested in girl things like sewing and stuff like that. And she would constantly mm-hmm. be trying to get alone and read or ditch her like childhood playmates so she could listen to the adults talking about stuff. And so she was very studious. And, uh, even though universities were closed off to women in the 17th century, uh, her parents recognized like, okay, this girl really has a gift. She's very smart and she's really into studying. So let's get her a tutor at home. She ended up like surpassing her brothers in Latin and all sorts of funny things. Mm. Um, and yeah, she sort of went on to write a history book, an epic poem, uh, about Genesis and even the Mm. only 
basically systematic theology we have written by a woman, a woman in this time wow. that we know of. So she's my favorite, uh, sort of because she interacted a lot with John Owen and his works, who yeah. is someone who I have focused on in my studies as well. Um, but I just found her story to be so fascinating because it kind of broke outside of the boundaries of, you know, what we usually think, what were women doing, especially what totally. were like conservative religious women doing, uh, in the 17th yeah. century. Yeah. And so she's one of my favorites just cause she's a real brainiac. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that. And, and Jenny Lynn, that kind of makes me think, I'm sure you came across a lot of maybe stereotypes about the Puritan women. Uh, you, you sort of just unpack that. Would you, would you unpack that a little bit deeper? Like what were maybe even some of the stereotypes you had that your research helped you, you know, break out of Yeah, that. for sure. Well, in general, people have really never liked the Puritans. They have, Everyone has been dissing the Puritans <laughs> literally since the 17th century. So. <laughs> <laughs> All sorts of, like, general stereotypes. Like, the Puritans were fun-hating, and they were sort of the holier-than-thou mm. types, and they mm. wanted to like severely separate themselves from society and they had all these strict rules and stuff like that. So I was just because I had already studied the Puritans, I wasn't really coming in with those stereotypes. Although that is a very common thing that people sort of say to me when I say I'm writing and researching Puritan wow. women, just they kind of even up the ante when they think of the women being Puritans. Cause they think, Oh, they must be even more intense and, um, you know, stuck up and, <laughs> right, you know, right. cut off from doing normal women things like working or whatever. Um, but some of the stereotypes I had coming in were, I guess, just I didn't really know. It's it's almost like I didn't have any thoughts about what they did. I didn't know what they, who they were, or yeah, what they were doing. Sure. And you know, of course, it's not that surprising when you're an academic. So I should have known better. But they were just, you know, normal people who were writing about their lives, writing about their experiences mm. with God. And um, so that was really amazing for me to see. You know, not only as a Christian but as someone who loves the Puritans and as someone who's a woman and a writer herself. That's great. Jenny, for people listening uh, and they've never dealt or they've never even thought about the Puritans, yeah. what's the value today just for everyday Christians to go, okay, I'm going to learn about the Puritans. What, what's the fruit? What's the value for us today? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I great think question. the sort of main answer that comes to my brain is the Puritans were very good at merging scripture and like sort of serious theology with practical life mm. stuff and wisdom about mm. human nature. They really did not skimp on either of those. And so when you wow. read them, you're getting a really sort of deep theological perspective on whatever it is you're reading about. But at the same time, it's not sort of this pie in the sky, just ideas stuff. It's coming down to earth and, and really connecting with our lives as things that are like mm. super complicated and can get messed up and go off track and all sorts yeah. of things. So I think that's sort of the best thing that we can get from them because often, you know, sometimes we can get really good theology or really good practical stuff, but they don't mm. necessarily merge and just have this really integrated, uh, perspective to pass on to us. Hmm. Oh, it sounds so fascinating. Okay. Real quick. Yeah. I want to hear just another story <laughs> about a Puritan woman, like something that I don't know, surprised you or you, you just really love uh, something that definitely was the most surprising <laughs> out of all the stories that I read. I mean, maybe even more than Lucy Hutchinson writing a theology book, which was a extremely wow. rare, weird yeah. thing, um, was, 
Lady Brilliana Harley, uh, who, well, all of these women lived during the English Civil Wars, obviously, we're in the 17th century, so there's, like, major upheaval happening, and mm-hmm. um, uh, Lady Brilliana Harley was actually stuck inside her home, which was a castle, uh, with her kids and, like, servants, and then the royalists, who were sort of the opposing political party to the side that she was on, which was the parliamentarians— ended up attacking her home. Uh, This was just sort of all part of, like, the wartime events here. And she kind of, like, led this defense of their home and not even just, like, the actual structure of... Uh, the house because she wanted to like keep this land to pass on to her son and all sorts Mm. of things. But also there were other Puritans and parliamentarians, often those two, the religious and the political view often went together, not necessarily a hundred percent of the time also took refuge in her home. So there was actually this time where she was like writing letters back and forth with the Royalist commander and even the King. She actually wrote letters to the king uh, of England at the time, which, I mean, that was not, like, a normal thing to do. And yeah, was basically wow. finding ways to, like, hold on to her land and protect the people from this attack. So it's a pretty, like, intense... That's amazing. Yeah, story of, like, physical courage and, yeah, a really intense mm. thing. <laughs> I feel like there's a movie or a musical that needs to be... <laughs> <laughs> I was reading them, I was like, someone... But also, maybe I don't want that because they're going to mess it up for sure. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. Well, Dr. Jenny Lynn DeClerc is the author of Five Puritan Women, Stories of Faith and Love. It comes out next month. You can pre-order it wherever you pre-order. You can uh, pre-order it at Crossway, at Amazon, at ChristianBooks.com. Would love to invite you to do that. Dr. Jenny Lynn, where can our listeners connect with you, find out more about what you're doing? Um, I do have a Twitter account, which is at Puritan Jenny, which was the name that I (laughs) sort of like bestowed upon me as a joke when I was working at Regent and I've just kept it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's my main spot. I have written, you know, lots of blogs in the past, but I, I really have been focusing on books lately and I'm sort of like a like a non-social media person. So that's my main yeah. public mm-hmm. <laughs> place. Uh, I, I love that. That fits. That feels like it fits in. With the <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> that's really good. Well, we're so glad that you've been with us today here at the comic good. Uh, we will be back again tomorrow. Yes, we will. PM. I know I said that with kind of a question mark from four to 6 PM for Brian from I'm Aubrey Sampson. And you've been listening to the common good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flint with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com